Brick City Blockade UK presents Talking Far, Far Away. And now, shouting from a distance, the Scottish savant. Scott Inch, discussing the most relevant portions of Star Wars canon in Bopo. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Talking Far, Far Away. It's the second one of the year. Yes, number, and did you say it was the 50th episode? Yes, it actually happens to be the 50th episode of both Talking Star Wars molded into Talking Far, Far Away, which is so cool. My God, two years, 50 episodes. It's like some shows have, what, five years before they (laughs) (laughs) It's really true. It's really true. It's all true. All of it. All true. Um, so yeah, it's another exciting week. We've had not a lot of Star Wars news, but some news, some discussions, some comics, some Brexit. <laughs> yes, yes. Plenty of Brexit and plenty <laughs> of fast food in the White House. Yes, I see all those McDonald's. Those McDonald's. Uh, uh, anyway. uh, anyway, so let's get started. So the first topic... I'm going to do it in a funny voice. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. See you yes. What's the deal with this week in Canada? <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's terrible. We're not doing that again. So no. this week, um, I there was talk of another Star Wars game coming out. Now, we know we've got Jedi Fallen Knight. Is that the correct term? Yeah. Fallen Knight. Fallen Order. Order. Fallen Order. That's it. Yeah. Which I'm looking forward to. It's coming out right about when episode nine comes out. Yeah. But there was another Star Wars game that EU was working on, and it's been cancelled. And it's the open world Star Wars game. Now I I quite like open world games. Mass Effect, um, Grand Theft Auto, Red Dead. Yeah, on the online games like uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic's open world. And say we Star Trek Online. I like it because you get to go, you get to explore. I'm quite annoyed by this. Because, and it was what Christian Harloff mentioned Jedi Council the other day, because I, I saw that bit, and he's right about it. He's like, for a long time, you have Lucas Arch. Now, I don't know how many games you played with Lucas Arch and Bioware. They, Lucas Arch had so many games out Dark Forces, Knights of the Old Republic, yep. the TIE Fighter games, the S Wing mm. games, the Shadows of the Empire. You know, they had all these games coming out, just so much games. And since it's been, and also the Force Unleashed, yes. Sam McGrath, yes, brilliant games. But since Disney bought it over and they were going to do all these games, comics, we've had plenty of comics, plenty of books, plenty of TV shows, movies. The games has been the one that's been a bit of fair enough. We had Battlefront, but after fighting about Battlefront, you're like, oh, I've done this. Where am I up to next? It's true. Uh, so the true. only one that's had a storyline is. Just, uh, Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. So, is it quite annoying that the fact that they've cancelled this? Yeah. I was kind of looking forward to it. I mean, they did have yeah. this Uncharted kind of one going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It got cancelled. So, what's the issue? I don't know. EA and Lucasfilm just have a very unusual relationship right now where I feel like they probably go to the negotiation table. They sit down. They say, hey, here's, you know, our game developers are sitting down. They're coming up with this open world game. We're super excited. People are, you know, 
have their feelings about Battlefront 2. They want to kind of move away from that format. Um, the storyline that we follow in Battlefront 2 with Iden Versio and the entire crew is really fascinating. And that's the kind of format you want to see expand into open world exploration. And EA going to Lucasfilm, or either Lucasfilm going to EA, we don't know what the synopsis of what that discussion was like. But for this to happen yet again, in this time and period where Lucasfilm is now a Disney-run company, is a little frustrating. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I'm not a gigantic gamer when it comes to the Star Wars stuff. I have played Battlefront 2 when I've gone over to parties, um, and it's it's a lot of fun when you have multiple people in the room. You can go back and forth. You're playing online with each other. It's a lot of fun. But when it comes to this specifically, Scott, I think it's funny because we're always looking for a schedule for the films and for the television series. What is Lucasfilm giving us, much like the Marvel stuff, in terms of a long timeline of these releases? They're going to have to start thinking about that when it comes to gaming because yeah. people are out there being like, Okay, you gave us a timeline. We're looking at this open world game, 2020 possibly. What's this all about? No, nope. We, before we can even get to the freaking timeline for you, we're just gonna knock it off the off the chart. We're not even gonna discuss it. And EA is done. And you're right about the Lucas Arts piece because I remember playing Shadows of the Empire, Rogue Squadron, and the Tie Fighter on my computer while I had the N64. And that oh. was that. It, those three games catch a kept a pretty freaking occupied on a snow day here in the United States when you were stuck in for multiple days from school and you had no homework. You were glued to Star Wars gaming, went back to school, talked to friends. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. a, com it was a conversation piece amongst fans. It was so great, especially when you're younger and other kids are playing at the same time. That The kids nowadays don't have that. They do get Fallout. They have Fortnite. They have a lot of these other games but they don't have the open world games that we had and the exploration of storylines, the canon piece to Star Wars. Battlefront 2, yeah, you kind of do that little bits and pieces in here, but you don't give it the way that it used to be. And I feel like Lucasfilm has to take a step back and say, hold on, we got to stop saying yes to projects and then suddenly stopping them. We got to figure out what our formula is for the games. Not too worried about the films, not too worried about the television now. Now I'm starting to worry about what is their plan for games because that's another way to make money. And if they can't obtain that, they're going to be in some trouble when we have a period of time when there's no films and they're relying on television. They need another media outlet and a marketing outlet to be able to get the product forward. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. They can't keep depending on the movies, as you said. They can't depend on the comics because some of them are limited series, some of them are ongoing, like the Star Wars one. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I remember playing, um, <laughs> it might be annoying for some people, but the, the episode one game. Oh, the episode one game, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had I played it on PC and I played it on PS1 and I loved that. And also I had um, Rebel Assault 2, I still have that game. Uh, you get to fly the Millennium Falcon and it was when it was doing live action with um, computer bits, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, that was fun, and you know I miss those games. And but they just seem to have been cranking three, four out a year. And, I mean, we never got a game last. Did we get a game last year? No, we didn't get a game last no, year. No, just expansion packs to Battlefront. Yeah, which annoys me. I mean, it does. It does. 
microtransactions. I mean, come yeah. on, folks. Yeah, I think that there are some really good games out. Some really good studios out there who can do games like Rocksteady. They did amazing games with yes. the, the Batman Arkham games. Um, and whether Rocksteady is working on something else, I mean, they can go to Rockstar and make a deal with them, but they're probably busy doing Grand Theft Auto Six. Mm-hmm. After just releasing um, the Red Dead Two, which is an amazing game, by the way. Oh, everybody's loving that one. Yeah, uh, but it's just a annoying being on a horse. Um, but yeah, there's <laughs> just I just want an open world game, and I've seen it, and we just haven't had it much in these games. The only game that really had it was Nice and Old Public. You know about yeah. Four Planets? Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. much to do. I want a game where. You can go to Coruscant, you can go to Tatooine, you can go to Jakku, you can go here, you can go there, you can go there, Corellia, anywhere, and just have an open world. As I said, Mass Effect have done that. You can show, to me, they're the only game, especially the second Mass Effect, that's a better one, where you can go from here to there to there to there to there to there. It's a brilliant game because you have to go and look for fuel, you have to do this, you have to do this, build your weapons up. To me, it's the best game out of the whole Mass Effect uh, four games they've had out and the second one's the best one. Again, Bioware, Bioware were responsible for that. They were responsible for the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah. They would love to do another Star Wars game. Yeah, The only reason they started that was the only reason they did Mass Effect because they didn't have a contract with Lucasfilm anymore to do more games. And it's the, the, best way, the best way yeah, to go. The- the one, the one thing that I would love to see return, Scott, and it's kind of my final point on this in, in particular, is like you mentioned the episode one game. That was just a really fun game to get involved in. When you had the time, you, you remember seeing the film, so it's like, oh, I can dig back into the storyline. I can see, I can play the, my fa- I can play my favorite moments from the film you and should. be there at that time. And the one, oh, with the Cassian Andor series and everything, the one thing I would love to see is, and I think of all the episodes, I'll save Solo, Last Jedi, Force Awakens, Episode Nine, whatever. The one I would love to see come out in video game form, if they are to bring back the film style games, following the storyline, is a Rogue One game. Mm-hmm. I think a Rogue One game. You, there's just so many different parts of that film that you could play, like what happens on Edu, mm-hmm. being Chirrut, being. Cassian who has to make that decision and then suddenly you're on the run you have to get down to the landing platform before everything else erupts um that would be great and I'm even thinking the one level within that that would drive me crazy because I would love it so much and I couldn't walk away from it is the battle of Scarif in a game and you can choose either side you can play as the rebellion setting the the um the charges and whatever else or you can be on the inside playing the Imperials, having to go against the Rebellion with only little knowledge of what's actually facing you ahead. That is exactly what we need back. And they don't have to mass market it because the hardcore fans will say, oh, wow, they're going back to episodic gaming again? Oh, this is fascinating. One-time release. One-time release. No no multi, you know, freaking whatever you want to call them, transactions. No, No story building beyond what's already in the game. Just a good old time that you can sit down, play multiplayer with your friends on the Battle of Scarif, and that's it. That's just it. You play through the entire story on a game. I would like that. I would so like that. 
Yeah. Uh, I can just imagine putting the space battle in that one. Oh, I know. Being yeah. on the Radis and everything. Yeah. And the other ghost. Mm. Uh, There's yeah. your cannon connection. There's your cannon connection. On the ghost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, who knows what the future will hold for gaming, but hopefully something will come out after Fallen Empire, Fallen Order. So we're now in January, and about two years ago, we had roughly about this time two years ago release of the name for episode eight. We're two years later, and we thought we'd get the same for episode nine. <laughs> so true. <laughs> And I oh. have this suspicious feeling, other than Solo, that Force Awakens, Rogue One, last year I have had pretty much the same kind of marketing style, style technique. You know, they've had a trailer mm-hmm. round about this time of year, March, April, they've had a back behind the scenes sort of thing in the summer, another trailer in the autumn or the fall for you guys, and then boom, 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 trailer, 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 trailer. trailer, trailer. There's nothing yet. But obviously it's quite early. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not going to be looking for a Marvel and do it. They might do it, like, release the trailer four months before it's due to come out. Right. They did try that with Solo and it yeah. did not work. Did not work. But yeah, so my question, will, do you think we'll get the name of the movie Golf Episode 9 this month? Or do you think we'll find out a celebration in about 70 days or something? Or about 60 mm. days or 90 days? Yeah, just below 70 days until Star Wars Celebration. And with Star Wars Celebration, I think we're going to find out about the title before that. Because if they say, I would not be surprised if a lot of people are talking about where, well, at the end of last year, were we going to see a teaser before the new year? Were we going to, that obviously didn't come to fruition. Yeah, I didn't think so. No. And and now that I think back to it, I made that prediction. And now that I think back to it, it's like, well, it doesn't fit the formula of what we've already seen. I think I was just very eager McBeaver about it. And I kind of wanted to uh, get get rolling. I wanted to get the episode nine train rolling here. And I think now as we're approaching more specifically Super Bowl with many, many numbers here in the United States and across the world, I don't think that they'd be willing to release a trailer. But I wouldn't be surprised if at halftime – when Maroon 5 or whoever's performing, whatever crazy American band or whatever comes out and and, and plays the halftime. I'm Janet it, Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Have Stormtroopers come out to the field too. And then on the big screen there, boom, episode nine title. Just, just something simple. Millions of people watching. There's the title. Check out the trailer at Star Wars Celebration 2019 in Chicago. That's a way to sell the extra tickets that haven't been sold yet too. There's a way to market it in a way. Personally, that is my and I'm going to say this, that's my wish. The reality of what is probably going to happen is that they are going to announce the title of episode 9 when we are least expecting it. There, There's going to be a random day in the month of February or early March when they're going to come out and they're going to say it's going to be like a Wednesday or a Thursday like when we find out about these things usually and it's like, oh, we got to sit down, we got a podcast, suddenly we found out the name, you know, yeah. it, it's going to be random. They're not going to tell us and they're just going to put it out on social media. Hey, JJ's given us the clearance and maybe they're going to wait till John Williams. I know he's back in the studio working on episode nine, the soundtrack. They may be waiting until he's halfway done with that 
because they want to make sure that that soundtrack, from a business standpoint, that John Williams is healthy. He's in there. He's composing it the way it's supposed to be. And whether they wait till the middle of it or until it's wrapped up, it's got to be around March that John Williams will probably come out of there with at least three quarters of it or almost all of it done and say, we're pretty good here, folks. We're pretty good here. So I would say keep your calendars locked in for late February, early March, randomly one of those early days in the week uh, when Scott's fast asleep. Um, I don't think it'll be when I'm asleep and I think it'll be like when it's like eight o'clock here and two o'clock in the afternoon. That is what kind of day you have too. You could be fast asleep. You could be coming home and then you're like, well, possibly. I mean, yes, I think (laughs) (laughs) I have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Late February, early March. That's that's what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I'm. I've still got to go for at least. We've got two, like at least almost two weeks left to this month. I'd like to hope sometime this month. Oh, nice. Yeah, because it is. You think that though? I'm just going with Last Jedi. I'm positive the news of Last Jedi got released in about this time last two years ago. Yeah, it was in January. Yeah, I I, I might be wrong. Like, no, you are. You, you're, you're, I mean, no, you're not wrong. You're you're right about it being released in January. I'm pretty sure we did see a name for episode eight, either like January 25th through 28th. It was like within that spectrum. It was just, nope. You know what it was? It was Martin Luther King week. It was the it was the Tuesday that we came back from vacation. I remember this specifically. So, we came, so yeah, yeah, exactly. It would be probably the middle of that week because people are coming off of their vacation traveling in the United States specifically. And it would be also later in the month over in the overseas markets. So if you are following that formula, like you're saying, Scott, then yeah, that would probably be a good week to do it. As I say, depending on what GG Abrams does, but I think that we want to, because it has been a quiet time for the movies. There hasn't been really much news from the movies since Solo. So, yeah, I'm just trying to think. But yeah, who knows? As I said, we've got, we've gave our predictions and I have no idea what the title could be. It could be episode nine, Ray is pregnant, something like that. Uh, (laughs) The Force has a baby. Yes. Well, no, because I think that's already been solved. I don't know how Shmi got pregnant. She even Shmi. She, she, yeah. But apparently Palpatine was behind it. Who would ever ship She even Shmi together? I would have never put that, those two together. Oh, my Thanks for that image. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. We should discuss the deal. <laughs> so we're moving on, and now we come to the segment called Free Form Fandom. Ba 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 ba! So we've had a lot of news out this week, and what I'm saying for now, I saw the 2016 Ghostbusters back in 2016. Obviously, it was just the same week I was headed to celebration. I remember going to see it. I saw it on the Monday, headed to celebration on the Thursday, and I didn't mind it. The problem I had was that it was boom boom cameo, boom 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 cameo, boom boom. And I remember Campia saying the same thing: it was boom 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 cameo, boom 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 cameo. Because it was, it was just constant. Not back, so it's like well, you're not really doing anything different other than having four women, and you're just constantly making now. That's the thing, guys. Kristen McGuigan, Leslie Jones, and all that. Mm-hmm. I think they did a brilliant job. Yeah, it was just boom, 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 cameo, and it, it just wasn't breaking the mold. I felt the way it should have. Right. I enjoyed it, I own it on Blu ray, but the news came out this week that Ivan 
Rickman's son, is it Jason? Yes. Is yes. directing Ghostbusters 3. Now, there's been talk about this for years. The, the uh-huh. game came out in 2010, and some people say that was a Ghostbusters 3. And now we have Remus gone. A lot, some, there's talk of the cast coming back. The other person, that, uh, Bill Murray has always been, no, he's not coming back, but he came back to do the 2016 version. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my pro, my issue is that, well, if he's willing to come back and do that, why not come back and do a Ghostbusters 3? That's my issue with that. And But he did a small tree, teaser trailer, which I was mm-hmm. quite surprised at. No one was expecting it. And yeah. the yeah. music and all that, and then you saw the car. I'm excited for it. Robin, are you excited for it? Are you a fan of Ghostbusters? I have always been a big fan of, number one, Saturday Night Live. And the way that Rickman was able to take cast from Saturday Night Live and then apply him to this New York City crazy tragedy that was going above him that involved ghosts, and they formed the Ghostbusters, which exactly, you look back at Wayne's World, another great example mm-hmm. of taking Saturday Night Live cast and turning them into a film. And Blues Brothers, Blues Brothers, another great taking comedians and actors and whatever else that have been associated with Saturday Night Live and bringing them to the forefront of a film. Ghostbusters, I'm sorry, Ghost, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters has always been that film that I kind of go to as a cult classic. And I yeah. love the original ones. This last one, it was great because I got worried originally when they said all female cast. The one thing that always got into my mind was, it's not that it's a female cast. Is it going to be Saturday Night Live cast that's going to fill in the roles? And it was. And I love that cast when it was Leslie Jones and the entire crew on it. That's what sold it for me, was that they chose the right time and the right woman to come in to fill in those roles of the Ghostbusters and to continue that story forward. You're right. Just like John Campia said. Boom, 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 boom. Cameo. Boom, 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 boom. Cameo. Way too much. Way too much. And if you listen to the the latest episode of Smodcast with Kevin Smith, he has Ivan Rickman on, and they talk about his father developing work on Ghostbusters and what that was like. This was before even this was announced. And what's so fascinating about it, and Ivan Rickman said this throughout that entire podcast, bravo to Kevin Smith and the and and the smodcast crew because they did such a great job of focusing in on Rickman's point of view which is this specifically that when it comes to film and you choose the right people the first time this the formula should be switched up the second time yeah. because the right people learn from the first experience that they have we saw that with the first ghostbusters film his dad chose the right crew of people to come in to play the roles but by, the, but by the second one, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's try something a little bit different. They've already built themselves into this, this, this storyline. Let's, let's change it up. I think with Ivan Rickman bringing these people back, filling in what his father's responsibilities were many years ago, and if we can reduce the amount of cameos, which listening to Smodcast with Kevin Smith, it sounds like Rickman is ready to do that. I think that I this has made... 2020 and Ghostbusters really exciting for me. And like you, the, the, the last one, 2016, was a really great experience. And I had a lot of fun with it. That's the whole thing with Ghostbusters. You walk in 
it's not really about overall the story. It's really about going in and having fun with the story. Yeah. It's not about looking at it like, uh, and there were a lot of people, I'm um, Scott, you know this, that went into that film and were over critiquing it completely. Yeah. They came out of it and over critiqued it. But yeah. in, in simplifying what I'm trying to say here, heck yes, I'm excited, excited for 2020 and I can't wait to see what Rickman does with these female characters and that keeping it in the Saturday Night Live twist is just perfect. Wait and see, wait and see. And the whole thing I hope for is we get to see the Ghostbusters house once more time. <laughs> yes, yes, please. That'd be great. So the other thing we got this week was Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So we got the new trailers for Far From Home. Now a lot of people are going, oh, is this a prequel to Avengers? Uh, Infinity War, is this a prequel? And it's like, no. No. They mentioned it uh, after Homecoming that the second one would take place straight after Avengers 4. They say that it's been commented on by Kevin Feige. People are now starting to think it's before Avengers. And it's like, oh my God. Clearly nobody doesn't listen. I don't see it being taking place before. That's just stupid. No, it would be. It's too... I'm ready for things to move past. You can't. Yes. As much as much as Star Wars, we can't keep having things in the Empire time. Yeah, it starts getting a bit boring. It starts getting a bit too much. Fair enough, you've got a lot of room. It's oversaturated. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. So we have to go past because this Avengers 4, it will have came out, it'll have done its business. Obviously, you need to. And also, we know the characters are coming back. Right. Right. You know what got me excited about the trailer? What's that? It wasn't um, uh, Tom Hardy. It was a fact. You saw Jake Gyllenhaal with a goldfish head on. <laughs> <laughs> and I always remember Schnepp on Heroes saying he would love to see that. And when I saw that, my heart kind of sank because that's yeah, one thing Schnepp wanted to see. And we got it. And he, if he, had, if he was still here today, he would be freaking out due to the fact he's like, oh my God, you got it! (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. You know what? And I think think when we go to see Far From Home in the theaters, I think Schnepp is definitely going to be in our minds when we see that moment play out on the theater screen. I'm sure for a lot of uh, fans of uh, Collider at the time and everything that Schnepp, uh, you know... um, enveloped in the fandom and uh, you know what the funny thing from the far from home trailer scott and that, you're right it's like how the star wars fans treat it too oh where in the timeline is this we're told one thing but we actually think it's completely different from what they told us and it's like hold on a second number one it's usually people the people that are usually saying that are the ones who actually really don't pay attention to it so it, it, it's just a way for them to get out there try to get their voice out there and to be honest with you try to get in with the in crowd who is following that timeline it's yeah. it's how it's been on social media you know you and i and some of the members of the podcast network and some of our listeners many of our listeners follow these timelines within marvel dc and star wars very closely we like to see where they line up and then when somebody comes in and is like well you know feige says this but then it's like just stop just stop. <laughs> then then just wait for the movie to come out sit in your seat on opening night and watch it it's that simple don't overanalyze it this trailer is built to to bring us back to spider-man once again following homecoming specifically yeah. and just to bring us back into that spider-verse again that that's exactly 
its purpose. And to be honest with you, do I really care where it falls with Infinity War and the events of Homecoming and where does... I really don't. I just... I'm such a big Spider-Man fan and I just want to sit down and I want to see... Uh, I'm blanking on a name. I think the drink is starting to... Tom Holland? Tom Holland. See, I kept, had, I, I, I kept having Tom Hiddleston come into my mind because I, I was oh watching God. videos of him, him at Ace Comic Con this past weekend. <clears throat> but... um. Yeah, Tom Hiddleston come back in, play the role of Spider-Man once again, and just jump right back into it. Of course, we it's funny, because you watch the teaser trailer, and then there were those leaked images of him being shot by water, the, uh, the, the videos that came out. And now you see that play itself out on the trailer, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense now. That makes sense. So I'm excited about it. I, anything Spider-Man, Into the Spider-Verse was fantastic. Now we're getting into this. The more Spider-Man, the better in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, I mean, Sony is kind of starting to get in the right track now. Uh, Spider-Man and Batman. Let me let me clarify that. The more Spider-Man and Batman that I have, the the better off I am. Right, I'm not going to watch Batman right now. I know that's why I'm riding the Spider-Man train right now. <laughs> you've you got Batwoman coming, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be careful. But yeah, Batman, nothing you're off to go really. Well, you've got Gotham, so mm-hmm. got Batman coming now. He's got Titans. He's in, uh, we'll wait and see. I'm, I I. The minute I hear that they start filming on Batman, that's when I'll uh, get excited. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, like yourself. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, I like the last season of the trailer. Hey, Dickwood. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I quite like that. So yeah, it's due out what, in the summer? Summer, yeah. yeah. So, so summer release. So oh. I'm excited. It'll be brilliant. We've got another trailer coming out, no doubt. Oh, this is just telling us what's going to happen. Just just give us a hint of what we're going to see. We'll get a storyline pretty much shortly. Next up is Kong versus Godzilla has started filming. Right, the second mm. one, the Godzilla movie King of Monsters hasn't come out yet. I'm excited about the trailers. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. I'm hoping we'll see more Godzilla than the last just ten minutes of the first one. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, facing Rodin, um, Mothra, and King Gula. Is it King? King Gula, yeah. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um, don't know how it's going to end, but it's going to be spectacular. Mm, it will be. I mean, Earth looks like it gets really bummed. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, only, it's anything but up from here, in, yeah. in all honesty. So, I, I'm kind of curious how Godzilla and King Kong meet, is it? The battle, the battle, the the ultimate. Who's the ultimate? Is it another villain who is worse than what Godzilla and that um, have faced? And there's a villain that has to bring the two of them together. I don't know. I'm just trying to think, but I'm I'm curious what they're going to do. Are they, how this is going to work? Um, I mean, we're going to see an older looking Kong after Kong Skull Island. Um, right. But I'm curious to see where this one will go. Mm. I mean, and it's funny because in my mind, Scott, I think what's really cool is, yeah, we get Kong Skull Island and then we get Godzilla returning and everything. This is really the battle of the monsters. This is the early stuff that we saw in the late 70s to to early 80s when kids were collecting the giant monster toys. (laughs) Exactly. And the, the commercials of like Godzilla, King Kong toys. Like that was, that's exactly, this is, there's this pop culture sense now to Kong versus Godzilla that I think they're truly trying to market into. And the storylines, I'm very fascinated based on, like you said, where Kong Skull Island was and the development of Godzilla here 
coming up, where is that bridge going to be that allows us to, and I want nostalgia. That's the big thing I want with this. I don't need it to be brand new. I don't need something that's going to be mind blowing necessarily. I need something that's going to bring me back to when I was a kid. And I remember playing with Godzilla toys and I was playing with my King Kong toy and whatever else. And they were back, you know what I mean? Like with two toys, just kind of battling out and you're creating your own scenarios. That That's really what I hope for. And I think as a fan of monsters and a fan of uh, some of the classic monster stuff, I think what would be really great is let's not focus too much on the way that we develop these characters because they've already been, or these monsters in, in particular, because Kong Skull Island did that and the upcoming Godzilla film is going to do it for us. Let's just have them build it up, build it up, build it up, have that access point of just the battle and then come down from it like a traditional monster film, battling it out. Hmm, I see. I'm soaking my beard here. I'm thinking, hmm, hmm. I just want to see some monsters fighting. I mean, I do yes. monsters. I really yes. like the ones that you had from Buffy and then Power Rangers when you had <laughs> the Megazord. <laughs> I mean, that counts. I, yeah, I mean, let's be fair. Japanese, it's like Godzilla, Power Rangers, all Japanese stuff. Yes, correct, correct. Um, and they... They, they love that sort of stuff. They're, they're, I mean, the yeah, whole culture build around stuff like that. Of the, you can say that's their pop culture, really. I mean, Amer British pop culture and um, American pop culture is pretty much the same. Like Essentially. We, yeah. Um, but ja Japanese pop culture, but manga and Godzilla and uh, Super Sentai, which is Power Rangers. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, that's their stuff, but it's kind of woven into Western culture as well. Mm, it has. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see Godzilla. Um, I'm just desperate to see the second one. I so want to see the second one. Yeah. I, I, I sometimes have my eyes like that, going, oh, it does scare you. That, <laughs> it that does. I see monsters movies on the side too. Also, you've got Charles Dance. What more could you ask for? <laughs> That's so true. That is oh, live the king. Oh, yes. <laughs> They just die in a toilet right enough this time. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Let's, we've got it. Where's it out? May, July? Sometime this year. Yeah, yeah. Another yeah. summer flick. Yeah. We've got some good movies coming out this summer. Next bit is X-Force. Now, we know that the Fox, Marvel, Disney deals almost tied up. Yep. Um, I think it's there's talk about being in March. Mm -hmm. And there's always been this discussion, and the fact is, these if this is going to be tied up. You have to have these movies like X Force, like Deadpool Two, and all that. Have to be in production by now. Essentially, yeah. yeah. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. So these movies are now starting to be cancelled, which I think is probably for the best. Now, from what I've hear, from what I've been reading online, it looks like a lot of X Men. Dark Phoenix is starting to rocket skyrocket, skyrocket with its budget, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and a lot of people are saying it's not as good. It's not good. Wow. Um, and who knows what's happening in New Mutants? Is this going to be a movie that's going to get shelved? See, a lot of the things that like the Fox stuff, like Legion, like The Gifted, are these shows going to survive mm. into the Disney? Because Disney will want to take these characters out, put them in the movies, 
I mean, it was something James McAvoy said. He doesn't think the X Men movies, X Men characters will fit in the MCU. It's like they will if they can. They came from the same place in comics, right? Right. And they can work on animation. That's just a stupid thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. I, they, they said the same thing about Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. That's like, right. It worked for the Hulk, and this, and. You've seen it with Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. How are you going to put a guy who who uses gadgets? Again, I hate people who say that it won't work. Mm. It works. Mm. It does. Uh, but yeah, I'm quite curious to hear your thoughts on exports and all that being cancelled. It's funny because there are two sides to my thinking process on that. The first side is from a fan, mm-hmm. and where it's really unfortunate. I, I really do. And, and you hear the reports of the of the you know the budget skyrocketing and whatever else, and that it's really not like you said. It's really not that good from these people. Um, the other side of me says, Scott, too, is like, well, you know, people have said that about a lot of projects that have skyrocketed in price. And then they go to see it and they're pleasantly surprised by it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to really put a, a finger on it and say, this ain't happening. This ain't good enough, even though it's costed us $700 million or $600 million to put together. It, it's not it's not worth it. It's hard to do those things when there's a price attached to it. The business side of me kind of says, hold on a sec. If Disney does end up taking over this product, which they're going to, mm-hmm. and let's say these films go out there and Disney ends up taking possession of them, they start flushing out these characters and everything. Is it truly worth continuing right now? Or is it worth waiting until the switch to be able to push it forward? I think from a Disney perspective, deep down inside, a lot of these cancellations are because of business reasons because yeah. there are negotiations happening so yeah, sure yeah and you're right one, you're right about one thing master the negotiations wish no show. and uh there is a lot of that business aspect that unfortunately plays into the fans and i think for me in particular scott i i am on such a fence right now especially with these can with this cancellation because everything else is working out very well you have what's going on with Aquaman right now yeah. Yeah. Okay. With, with with what DC has been able to accomplish with that film. You have what Marvel has been able to do under the Disney regime now. There are a lot of products out there that set a new standard for how products are supposed to look that are given, or excuse me, <clears throat> that are given to the fan. These cancellations concern me because you have to take a side. Yeah. Are you doing this for the fans? Or are you doing this for the business? And that's what always has me tied to they're doing it for the business side of it. Yeah. Not necessarily doing it because fans want to see it. And it's very unfortunate. And I think the timing of it is very unfortunate. And I think all we can hope for is that when Disney comes in is that they take what has already been established and they say, instead of tossing this entire thing out, let's let's really pick and choose with whatever has been given to us. And let's be safe about it. I don't mean character flush out. I mean, in particular, if there is a budget associated with this and they've already done enough work to it, my hope is that Disney comes in and says, yeah, you know what? The property name is just changing. That's it. it this product can still go out. It can still yeah. be for the fan. That's kind of what I'm hoping. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel this will be the last Fox X-Men movies. Yes, it will be. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's sad because you kind of... It's, it's sad in a way because Fox have done some... Really good stuff today, X-Men, and some of them. Yes. Some crap stuff. Yeah, they really have, uh, yes. Logan, 
Days of Future Past is meant to, but they failed miserably with its Fantastic Four. Even X Men Apocalypse. Uh, see, X-Men Apocalypse is a 50-50 kind of movie. It's got some good stuff. It's got some crap stuff. Overall, though, compared to... It's better than Fantastic Four, most definitely. Oh, yeah. It's, it's definitely better than that Fantastic Four. It's better but, than X-Men 3. Oh, absolutely. But I feel like there are some parts of it that if you did look at it from a Disney perspective, coming in and taking this product, they would kind of wish... It's not a 50-50 world with, with Star Wars. No. If it becomes a 50-50 world, it's gone. It, they, yeah. they really don't want anything to do with it. Look at Last Jedi. Look at Last Jedi. They barely, I'm going to be honest with you, We there's some things about Last Jedi that we love and there are things that we don't like. I'm kind of tying this back. Star Wars in particular, you don't see them talking a lot about the film. There's more solo talk than there is about stuff that happened on Last Jedi because I feel that Last Jedi had more of a 50-50 split than Solo. It did. It did. And, and that's why. That. That's not Disney's thing. It's no. not. I mean, they're not pushing it. They're not pushing Last Jedi. And again, we'll quickly mention this, but Ryan Johnston's barely been mentioned. You have heard nothing about his trilogy. Nothing. And I don't think we're going to hear anything in Celebration either. I think his trilogy's dead in the war. I will second said statement. I think as of right now, I think they're not saying anything, but there's something there. I, I, I don't think he's got a bad relationship. I just think, I mean, we can go through this again. Um, about last year, <laughs> but I mean, there are certain things about that movie that I just hate, and it's nothing against again, it's nothing to do with Kelly Marie Tran. To me, it just and then Benicio del Toro, Graham, and there was the special uh, ideas that oh, he would be like some kind of Knights of the Ren or Imperial, you know, he's a stuttering fool, and then Canto Bite. Don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me started on Canto either. Again, it was just stuff like that, and it made me so angry that a lot of Things that were set up in episode seven didn't go anywhere in episode eight. That's why JJ's back on episode nine. That's yeah. exactly. They Trevorrow, I think, followed too closely to what Ryan Johnson had already set in stone. And again, Disney does not deal with 50-50. They don't deal with it. And I think Trevorrow wanted to follow that same path. And they said, mm, you know what, you got some great ideas, Colin, but I think JJ is the one to wrap this up. Yes, he introduced us. So it's it's hard to make a judgment based on that overall. And I think that their approach with that not taking the 50-50, Trevorrow leaves, Abrams comes in, he can get those characters back on track. He could be the one. And I'm going to say this because I agree with you. I think Rose was a character that was very underutilized. Yeah. I think that her progression, what she went through as a young child, could have been flushed out. The, the relationship with her sister, her sister sacrificed herself for the good of the resistance. There's so much in there, the necklace, everything. Benicio Del Toro coming in kind of phases out anything about Kelly Marie Tran's character. Of, That's the problem. Of Rose. And I hope JJ comes in, and I'm saying this for the sake of everybody who said to Kelly Marie Tran that her character was Jar Jar Binks, because it wasn't. It's just... You have to look at how Ahmad Best walked into his role thinking mm -hmm. that it was going to be taken with a very bright light amongst the fans. And to a lot of us prequel kids who grew up with it, yeah, you know what? As a kid, yes, people jumped on the negative bandwagon so quick with both of these people. And I think J.J. is the right person to bring Rose back into the, the light again of the positive fandom. And, I think, and he could I do think it. Yeah, I think she will have a better role in episode nine. Absolutely. I'm not saying she plays Jar Jar, but I'm just saying it, it feels boring. 
Yeah, it felt yeah. borderline. I just I, I don't want a, I don't want a character just to be used like that. It's been done before and it didn't go well. That's right. And um, so I just want. I would like her to get a more serious role. I would like her to have a more position in First Order. Yeah, or in the Resistance? Resistance. You know, I want her to have, like, working with Ray or, you know, there's something there. If Leia, if Leia is gone, all right, Poe can't do it on his own because he doesn't even have a crew to make it possible. Yeah. Rose has the ability because she's been there through this now she knows what it's like to be at the bottom and to rise to the top much like finn he, he's been at the bottom he knows how to rise to the top that's the kind of character progression that jj has always shown us that's yeah. the thing that he's always been able to do we see it in force awakens he takes ray makes her the the <laughs> the girl who resides in jakku in the in an absolute scum pit and is able to make it up pretty Pretty damn close, I'll say, to a, a Jedi Knight. Pretty pretty damn close. We don't know where she's going, but she's at the top tier of a lot of her constituents within the character basis. And she's not a senator. <laughs> there, there is no senator anymore. Hosni and Prime is gone. It's fascinating. And I think, yeah, you're right. I think I think Rose needs that kind of development. And again, with like a mod best coming out saying what he went through. I think it is is a testament to what JJ has to work with here. Because if you let the toxic fandom roll roll with it, you're just going to lose at the end. You're just going to lose. Big discussion, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love it. All right. So, there's always a bigger question. And this is where we take a question. Oh, you like said it. Look at how you do it. Like I said it. Like I said it. Always a bigger question. So, this is where we take questions from the fans. And the one that popped up. And it's by Caitlin. And it's one that I, I've been thinking about. If you've watched Rebels and then you've watched the prequels and then you kind of watch Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And it's got me something. So her question is, are neither Anakin or Luke the Chosen Ones? Obi-Wan thought Anakin was the Chosen One. And then after what happened in Revenge of the Sith, he thinks that Luke was the Chosen One. Qui-Gon thinks that he was the Chosen One. Uh, but... Anakin was the chosen one. Mace Windu thought that prophecy might not have been true all along. Uh, Yoda said something. What was it? Yoda said something. Prophecy may have been misread. Mm-hmm. Is there such a thing as a chosen one? I'm going to say no. It was just, here's the situation. Deal with it. I'm going to call it back to a conversation that James Brown and, and Dave Hackerson and myself had more recently. And Dave brought up the entire perspective of deities. That one overlord in which every religion believes in. And it takes on very different lights depending on what religion you believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think George Lucas's aspect of the chosen one changes through time Mm -hmm. because of different perspectives. Mace Windu didn't believe that Anakin was the chosen one because he believed that something else resided out there. That was the, that could be possibly the difference between the Jedi and the Sith being successful. Yeah. Yoda said, well, possibly there is none whatsoever. That's Yoda's perspective because he is so in tune with the Force that he doesn't need a deity. He doesn't need anything to, to bring him to where he is. He is one with the Force and the Force is with him to use the line of Chirrut Imwe. Chirrut didn't even... Here's another one. Chiridimwe, not a Jedi Knight by any standard, by any standard, believed in the Force. He didn't believe in a physical being 
He believed in the Force as a power. Qui-Gon Jinn, I think in many ways, saw how powerful Anakin was in the Force and that this prophecy resided there. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny. I think deep down inside, Qui-Gon knew that Anakin was not necessarily the chosen one. But he was so powerful in the Force that because of the way that he was taught, he was told to believe that that single deity within the Force is the one that brings balance. That's why he rode that out. But it wasn't until Obi-Wan came along and that he realized in Obi-Wan's development that, you know, hey, you know, buddy, you can keep teaching this kid everything, but he's going to have to figure it out on his own at some point. If he truly is the chosen one, he's going to have to go out on his own and he's going to have to prove that he's the chosen one. In that case. <laughs> right. Obi-Wan comes to learn that it's not Anakin because of everything he sees. And then Maul says to him on Tatooine, he says, is he the chosen one? Does Obi-Wan truly believe that Luke is the chosen one too? No, because I think that it's closure to him. If Anakin wasn't it, in his own mind, because Anakin turned, yeah, Luke is the chosen one. Because if Anakin do it, couldn't do it, then maybe his son can. No. I don't, I don't think so in, in, in any case whatsoever. I think that we're going to come to find out that the Chosen One was a device used by George Lucas yeah. to show the balance between Western and Eastern religion, the yin and the yang, and how people seek out deities in the world. It changes with who you speak to. It changes with who you believe in. And the fascinating aspect to that is that when we look deep down inside at what the Force truly is, there is nothing there but the natural world that surrounds it. Unless you can make that connection to the natural world, and you know who was able to do it and come to that conclusion, probably after being told, well, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, I was always seen as a legend. This legend that he was the chosen one. That's why Luke went to Octu. He wanted to die with the living Force that surrounded him on that planet. There was light and dark on that planet. He felt it was the only way, truly proved to himself, that the Force is actually an all-being natural resource that everybody can tap into. It's not a physical deity. It's not something that goes beyond that. That's, that's where I think Anakin and Luke are not the chosen one. It's a belief system. How the hell did he fall up? <laughs> Anakin was just selfish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was chosen one. I don't think he even believed in the prophecy himself. No. He was probably told it at, time after time. Well, you, you know, buddy, I think you're the chosen you're the one. Chosen hey, one. Hey, hey, buddy, ho, ho, look, ho, ho. Hey, look at the chosen one over there. The, the, the one that, like, became a Jedi quite old. Um, Jumps out of a, out of a speeding car. I hate it. Yeah. Now, this is pod racing. No. I don't think both of them are because there would have been a chosen one in the old republic. Yeah, I just think it was a, a narrative that didn't really go anywhere. And oh. even in the Clone Wars, it's not really, really spoken about much. Um, it's meant to steer you in a very different direction on purpose. Yeah, it's made to make you think, like, and go. I mean, you could look at it and go, well, he did bring balance to the force, but not really because it was a Sith till the Sith in the end. You know, he from it doesn't Vader when Anakin became Vader, he did but he did go quite dark and uh, if you've read the comics in the books, mm -hmm. 
He did. He did that. It was only when he, his son was really in jeopardy and he, that he really came back. Anakin came back because of what happened to Padme. But again, you don't know that because of the prequels were made before after the original trilogy. It is quite hard. It's quite hard when you do prequels like that. You think, well, I didn't really know that. You know you know what I mean with prequels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is quite hard. But then George Lucas probably had it in his head when he was doing them. Mm. And I don't think Ray's the chosen one either. If there was to be a chosen one, I think is connected to Anakin somehow. I, if it's going to be anybody, it's going to be Leia. Somebody who has never tapped into that power. It resides around her. She even says to Luke when they're standing... On Endor. I've always known that. Luke let it control him too far. He let both sides, the light and the dark, control him to the point of where it it, it corrupted him in many ways. Because we see that in The Last Jedi. He's -hmm. made decisions along the way that have corrupted the galaxy. Leia has always been the one that never knew. She's been calm. She's never been able to tap into it other than in Legends material to to use it for her advantage. The one time she does it is in Last Jedi, to save herself, to pull herself back in. But how much of that is not her, but the living force that has surrounded her for so long and gave her a second chance? How much of it was that? Well, I've got a theory about that. I think Mary Poppins kind of helped. I think Michael Rooker should have been in that part. (laughs) Mary Poppins, (laughs) y'all. Anyway, um, yeah, it's just she kind of used that in Bloodline. A little bit. That's that yeah. was the part. I can't remember. I can't remember the chop in the trilogy of aftermath. Does she use it? No, but it's a discussion point. Yeah, because they talk about they talk Chain about Emma. Luke. Yeah, and she did talk about she was going to train, but she decided against that. Which, if you go into some of the original Star Wars and you look back into Legends and whatever else. It was some of the most most powerful people within the force were those that actually denied the training and wanted to stay in their original state. They didn't want to learn either side of it. They yeah. wanted to be one with the force in that way and believe in it in the way they did. Chiridimway, he didn't go and get trained as a Jedi. He didn't he go and get that. but he used it in in the most psychological standard to protect himself because he believed in it in that way. And he relied on it to be his vision. It gave him something. For for Leia, the Force gave her the ability to get out of a lot of situations that, to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of other people would have been able to get out of. Yeah. She was able to really build an understanding. I, I'm done talking about it, but that that's it, it's fascinating. And it's such a wonderful question by Caitlin. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant question. It does get you thinking. It certainly does get you thinking. And I'm sure there'll be more discussion as the years go on about another Jedi and so forth. And if we go into episodes 10, 11, 12, it's a, gr- a great discussion. Some people say yes, some people say no, but I think we're both in agreement that the answer is no. Which brings us to the end of our show. Robin, is it that thing we use <gasps> and we say, and it lets people know where we are? And that time is... Blood time! Blood time. Blood time. time. Let's go and smoke <laughs> some pot, everybody. No. <laughs> so, yes, it's plug time. And where can the good people find you all over the web? 
tweets over on Twitter at the official vote on Instagram, www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in that galaxy far, far away. Not too, too far away, maybe in Scotland. Maybe what's going on with Marvel in DC. You never know what you might see on the website. One of my crazy theory articles that drives you all crazy, but you like looking at it because you never know what might come out of it. Also, over on T Public, rock the network Patreon to support the network. Scott, I'm excited to announce there are going to be some shows in 2019 that are going to be Patreon subscriber exclusives only. Ooh. Very quick clip shows, quick clip shows that are going to break down some aspects of the Star Wars universe that we have not touched yet. They're going to be only to Patreon subscribers, and it's going to be a fantastic time. I will fill you in the details very soon, my friend. It's going to be a lot of fun, and if you support the network on there, it's it's going to be it's going to be really cool. So, going to be dirty bloopers. <laughs> exactly. Also, Starlight Children's Foundation, a Galaxy of Joy program, bringing smiles to kids' faces in hospitals around the country every cent at a time. Continue to donate. We're up to $5,000. Uh, that's our goal for this year. Um, and we're super excited. My voice keeps cracking up because I have a cold. We're super excited continuing to work with Starlight. And we're hoping for another fantastic year. Fantastic year. Doing everything that we do here at the Podcast Network. So thank you all. Caitlin, wonderful question. Please make sure to send in those questions um, using the hashtag AskBrickCity over across social media. Uh, and you can find me on Facebook at Scottinch or on Twitter at Scottinch85. And so for myself and Mr. Robert Bolt, we wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and as we always say, may the force be with you. Always. See, that wasn't so bad. If you must listen to a podcast, it may as well be Brick City Blockade. May the force be with you always. <laughs>